This is Wide Open with Chris Barant. All right, what's up? I finally get to say this. It's been like a year, it feels like. We get to do another podcast. We got some, well, I got a new character, <laughs> and I got the standard character. <laughs> what's up, uh, everybody? So um, we don't know what we're calling this yet, even. I think we're still wide open. I'm wide open. Are you wide open? We're wide open. We're wide open. <laughs> okay. Um, well, guys, uh, quick introduction. We got... Uh, our new main media man. We got Bubba Sellers here. What up, Bubba? Not much. Dude, Love you don't, Colorado. You don't fit the Bubba line. <laughs> I mean, you're like skinnier than me. Right. And uh, so it's awesome to have you. Um, how many days have you been working for me now? Uh, we flew in Friday. Friday. It is Tuesday? Tu- yeah. yeah. So four it's days. Tuesday. Four, four days. days. It's been an adventurous four days so far, hasn't it? Yeah. We've traveled uh, all over the state already. We've packed out an elk on the hill. We've got to work on some fun stuff, and uh, now we're doing our first podcast. Yeah, loving it. This is this has been awesome. Sweet. I can't wait to. Well, and that's a whole podcast in itself. Like you know, I we, I posted this morning. Podcasts are finally back, and uh, well, you know, what do you guys want to hear about? And it's like one of the comments was the new crew. You guys got like so much stuff going on. Who who's here? And so, yep, we'll dive into that. But um, MC, how are you? Good to be back. It has been about a year since I've done this. I know. It feels, it feels like, good. Yeah. Huh? yeah. yeah. Oh, excited. yeah. Denver show. Yeah. Denver Last show year. was almost the exact same time. That was before we, you know, we really couldn't talk, like, go and see people in public. <laughs> that was that was really nice <laughs> when we used nice. to be able to do that. Yeah. Now we just sit in the dungeon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Well, cool, guys. We have, um, we'll just kind of, to jump into it, we have so many topics. And, you know, one of the things that we were trying to figure out is, you know, after this little extended break, which, by the way, is Bubba's job to have never happened again. So if you never have a podcast each and every week, like a new one, a live one, it's on, me. It's on you. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm in the clear now. So this is awesome. Um, but yeah, we, th- th- that's, this is our plan. Um, we are, uh, again, committed to, uh, to this industry, committed to... Um, the business here and you know we 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 have um, a lot of things keep changing and evolving at BBA and so man more employees more products more like builds more tours more everything and it's it's just awesome so um, so we're excited to be back so this first um, uh, this first topic back it, I kept going in my through my head like okay so what what should we talk about and you know this time of year the thing that it keeps coming up is I just got my new snowmobile and or um, I've, I've got my sled and I'm getting it ready for the year. What what do we need what to do? do? I need? What do I need? And so um, we've we've actually touched on quite a few of these things in a couple yeah. previous podcasts, but we keep getting the questions. So we're going to keep giving the answers. And so and it, and it c- continually changes and evolves yeah. a little bit. Um and so, and there's a few different approaches you can take on budget and whatnot, but there's a few. You're you're right, and so there's and so let's let's dive in. So we have you know what whatever you want to call it, top ten list, top whatever list, right? Really, it's like in snowmobiling, it's not a top ten list of most things. It's about a top four hundred thirty two things that you need. The essentials. To, the essentials, right? Oh, the essentials. Um, and and the essentials are are it's fu- it's funny how it's different. So you know today we're gonna talk about the like literally. I think the essentials that make sense to to like get your snowmobile to go ride, and um, that's a lot different than performance essentials, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then uh, gear essentials exactly. to go. Right? So we Safety have essentials. so we have so many things that we can talk about, which which we will get to that, and mm-hmm. that's why um, podcasts are so awesome, is because we have literally endless amounts content. of content. So. So let's start into it. So, um, so we'll title this, um, you know, the essentials list for getting back on the snow because that's where that's where we're at right now. It's uh, October thirteenth, mm-hmm. one day before I turn forty-two years old. Can you believe that? I can believe it. Damn, big old chocolate cake and a lot of candles. 
Yeah, that's a lot of candles. That's a lot of candles, well, dude. Chocolate cake. Okay, so well, here we go. I got you beat. So, so my, so my, and this is it. This in, is in no particular order. Um, but you know, some of the things that top my list, um, of course, uh, in the essentials side of things, is a Carl's nine hundred or Blue Rocker <laughs> Turbo. <laughs> Cheaters. <laughs> All right, I'm kidding. We'll talk about that in another one. That's but, another level of essential. Okay, so uh, let's. I'm going to start with with the. The very first one, and we talk about this a lot, and that is um, controlling, uh, being able to have control over things that um, that are easy. And let's talk about sled setup first. Yeah, okay? make the make the experience more comfortable. Yep, and more enjoyable. Yeah. Well, on and and on the snow, you know, and we see this a lot. Like, so for you guys who are fortunate enough, you snow checked your sled, or you just picked up a sled from the dealership, bought a holdover, whatever, um, you know, your sled comes out of the crate, some dude like throws the bars up, throws some skis on there, uh, and sends it out the door and says, go have fun on your snowmobile. Well, it's not that simple at all. And so, you know, some of the things that we spend a lot of time on are uh, like handlebar setup, right? Control. And, and again, sorry, this will be a little redundant for you guys who have listened to all the podcasts. Uh, some of you multiple times as you've been messaging me saying, Hey, when's the next podcast coming out? But so we're going to roll through these, um, fairly quickly, um, because we have a lot to cover. So, um, bar setup, very simple. Okay. First have a bar height that, that matches what your agenda is and your style. So again, you guys know, and have heard me beat this like a dead horse. Uh, I run low bars on, uh, on a Polaris. Uh, they have the tall bar, which is come stock, which is ironic for me. Seven inch. Seven inch. A mid bar, which is six inch, and the low bar, which is five inch. And uh, you are six one? I'm six foot. Like yeah, six, six foot. Six foot even. Um, and again, I choose the low bar. I run a five inch bar. Um, and so you guys have heard me talk about that. So I'm not, I'm not going to expand on that. Um, the reason I, I run a low bar is because I want to have control of the sled on edge, which I want the, the projection point of what I'm lifting the sled with to be as close to the center of the weight of the snowmobile as possible versus being up. I'm not going to Sturgis. I'm going. We're not doing pull-ups. Yes. <laughs> and we don't want T-Rex arms. Yeah, exactly. T-Rex arms. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Um, so that that's that's bar height uh, in a in a quick 101. Okay. Now, Bubba, how tall are you? About six six one. Six one. Okay. So um, you know you're kind of right in the middle. Like, does a five inch bar work for you? Does a six inch bar? Uh, what do you have on your sled? I've always ran lower bars on everything that I've ridden. Yeah. Snowmobiles, well, dirt bikes. Well, imagine, right? Imagine having tall bars on a dirt bike. Yeah. I picked up my dirt bike, a dirt bike earlier this year, and it had tall bars on it. And I felt like I was going to loop out everywhere I went <laughs> because when you get up high there, there you don't have control. You're, like, you're T-Rexing. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I do, if I'm still leaning over, but the bars are higher, you're still further away from that center of gravity. Exactly. And, it, it, and any time... I told you. I told you guys I wasn't going to expand on this, but We're this expanding. is. <laughs> you know, we can do a complete podcast on bars. On bars. But um, just remember, anytime that you your elbows bend, you have now compromised um, your strength, and now you're relying 100 percent on using your arms versus using your body. So that's kind of that's the general rule of thumb there. Okay. So bar height. Now we got bar position. I've seen this so many times. A guy comes here, sled brand new from the dealer and the bars are either rolled, rolled forward, forward or rolled back. Okay. And then the, like the brake is either up or down too far or even, and the throttle is up or down or, or whatever. Right. It's like, so, so it really affects your position. on oh, the sled. It's, it's terrible. And, and just like anything, I mean, if you get on something, whether it's your dirt bike that had two taller bars or, you know, we get, and it's funny, you're right. Like a, a guy brings his client sled here and we go to load it in the trailer and I literally can't, can't pull it into it the, the trailer, trailer. Yeah. until I move the throttle where mm-hmm. I want it and the brake where I want it. I'm like, how do you even ride this thing? He's like, I don't know. That's how it came. And that's not an acceptable that's not okay. answer. No. It's not okay. So um, general rule of thumb, I ride with the throttle up just a tick, and I ride with the brake down just a tick. So we want to have um, we want to have our our elbows in a in a 
comfortable position up. Uh, and the worst thing is, and I see this so many times, I see throttle levers that are down. And so you can see how that riding position would get your shoulder dropped down and your wrist down, just putting you in a, in a position that makes it more awkward to, to ride. Exactly. It, it could, it puts you in that awkward position with your arms and shoulders, as you're saying, but depending on how the bars, for example, like we're talking back or forward, it puts you too far forward when you don't need to be or back too far when you don't yeah. need to be, which, as we see on the hill, can really make a mess. Yep. And it's, yep. just, it's just little stuff, right? Yeah. And I see you get on client sleds all the time, and the first thing, I, and I watch it, is you do, is you roll, right? And yeah. you and yeah. you'll adjust the, the bar right away. And and it makes a huge difference, and, and it's the little stuff that, that that's really big. So guys, one thing I want you to to kind of take note here the first the first thing that we talked about and I and I told you we weren't doing this in any particular order but you know come thinking about it like this this is the order right you I mean a stock sled comes badass like yeah. they're really good like incredible dude, I mean so we're talking about I haven't even like asked you for your credit card yet <laughs> I, I I mean this is free this is free? all free yeah. stuff yeah. okay so let's keep rolling so. Okay, handlebar, we got controls, slightly down on the brake, slightly up on the throttle, yep. in that nice, comfortable, neutral position, okay? The bar's forward or back. So what? how we run this on a Polaris is we run the bar in line with the steering post. It's also the same thing when we see a Skidoo customer come here um, with their riser block. Uh, you know, the worst thing you can do to a Skidoo is put that riser block forward uh, um, and so the steer their steering post is a laydown post. And so when that laydown post goes down and then having that steering block straight up, I see that a lot. I mean, it, it even exaggerates that, uh, that elbows up, up. type yeah. type turning radius that, that a skidoo has. And so, you know, we, we, we like to roll that back a little bit to, to lower the effect of that swing. And it's the same thing on a, on a players too. You roll those bars forward, the, the bars just start doing some goofy things when yep. you're turning and same thing with going back. So, um, aligned with the post. Okay. Exactly. So that, so that, that covers bars. Um, and then, you know, real, real quick again, I'm not going to jump into, you know, um, how to clutch your sled, but yeah. so you need, clutch it. you need to, and whether that's just, uh, the right, the proper weights for your elevation, or, you know, you come to us with, um, you know, we, we work really hard on the clutching side of things. So we have like dedicated clutch kits, whether you're on a stock sled, a big bore sled or a turbo, um, you know, it's probably one of my number one pet peeves is, um, because again, that's something that I can control and it's easy to control, easy. uh, is, you know, I want my sled running at peak RPM at all the time or at all times in all conditions. So, so not to, not to sidetrack you there. This is important. Peak RPM. Yeah. Not everyone understands yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. So we're talking about How do you get your sled to 8,700? I <laughs> yeah. see your, your... Our peak R RPM might be a little <laughs> different. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about that. So on a, on an 800, um, you know, peak RPM is right around that 82 to 8250. On a 850, it's very similar. You know, 8,300 RPM, 8,250 to 83 on, on, a, on a stock 850. Our, our Carl's 900s run about 8,400. And turbos are 84 to 8,600. Um, you know, you, it's funny. I see like, you know, you know, when you screenshot some of my turbo clips, it's like, you know, <laughs> I see 8750 and you know, that's when things are getting a little, uh, aggressive and mm -hmm. exciting and, and all of that. But you know, the meat of the power you want to be in those, in those RPM ranges. So, um, good, good point on the yep. clutching that's side. That's a of question things. we get pretty, pretty regular. Pretty regular. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, so let's talk about um, ski stands. Ski stands. Okay, so that's an, uh, this is another one. This is a free one. This right? is free. So it takes a couple of minutes. Um, uh, 850 React front end is 36 inch, uh, 36 inches, and that's with the skis in the center. Okay. Um, and so uh, you can, on the Polaris, you, there's uh, basically shims that you can move the skis in or out. Obviously, moving these, these skis out of uh, the outside of the spindle widens and moving the skis in narrows the ski stance. And so it's interesting because I saw Ryan in your notes, you know, you're like instantly I'm going inside. I do. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, I s have seen that where that can actually be a little too aggressive and too quick reacting for a lot of people. True. Right. There, there is some truth to that, especially as you're learning. Right. Y yeah. It could be, it can 
it can be on their heads a little more than or, not. Just or because for example, a chaos. They're trying too hard. Like a yeah. chaos, chaos, right? Yeah. So a chaos um, is a very quick machine mm-hmm. because of um, what makes a chaos. A chaos is, you know, a longer front track shock, a little steeper approach angle, which all of that is taking less or taking pressure off of the skis, making it easier to initiate and pow turn and all of that stuff. So what can happen when you when you narrow that that's that quickens the chassis even more now on a pro narrowing the skis right away um especially depending on what kind of terrain you're riding in it makes it easier to initiate it sure does and keep it there and and it gives you a little bit more of that fun factor like the chaos yep yep so again don't just like right away go narrow if you know, think about what what do you want the sled to do? Do you want it to initiate easier and be quicker? Well, of course, yeah, that's where we'll go narrow. However, like if you are maybe a newer rider or a less aggressive rider, that can actually hurt you. And, you know, running the skis in the center. And there's something to be said about uh, when the ski is in the center of the spindle, the stability mm-hmm. is exactly where it, sh- right it should be. Yep. Um, Bubba, what year sled is do you have? It was an 18. An 18. Yeah. And then you put, um, you had a stock front end on there for a while. Yeah. And then did you run that or did you go to a narr- narrower front end? No, I ran the stock front end on that one. Yep. So, um, you know, looking back at that, it's funny, you know, that feels like, a Jackson Hole hill climb sled now being 38 inches wide, right? right? And then, you know, on on that front end, heck, we are going narrow right away with the skis, yeah, right? I, that was one of the first things I did when I got it was to move the skis in mm-hmm. and try to get it to get on edge a little bit quicker. Yep. Um, I rode the 36 uh, last year, two years ago. Um, that was when I started getting on the 36, and I think that those skis were pushed in, and that that was when I was like, oh, wow, you can – you can tell the difference quick that this thing's getting over. Well, and it's, and it's two inches, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Appropriately named front end. Yeah. React. React. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I thought, and, and I think what was very interesting about, you know, when I first wrote a React in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I did exactly what you did. I put skis in the, in the narrow and I said, let's go. And I was like, whoa, holy cow, this yeah. thing is all over the place. Well, remember we had React on my sled in Chile. Yep. And so I got to ride that for what, 20 days straight. Uh-huh. And then when you got on the older, right? Yep. Like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. This is different. Not bad, but... It was different, less reactive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's you just have to adjust to it. You have to adjust back to it. And so I, I, I think that really set it for me, like having that many days and, and, and on that new front end and the narrowness. Yeah. Really enjoy that. Yeah. And you, you, it really just enforces everything we teach with the eyes up looking where mm-hmm. you want to go. If it you will, don't, if it, you will don't punish it will punish you. Yep. So that, that's cool that, you know, talking yeah. about the progression of the ski. Yeah, front end, the ski stance. And really, you know, we can talk about how that can speed up the chassis or slow down the chassis. We, we talk about that in suspension as well. So that's, that's skis. And then, you know, the last kind of couple things that I have here for, you know, proper sled stu- setup out of your stalker is, um, you know, track tension and then suspension True. setup. So yeah. the track tension, uh, here's <laughs> the, the tracks um, on a new sled after you know literally after one ride the track stretches yeah. a bunch during your ride during the ride yeah. right i mean how many times on that first, ride, first ride have we, we had to we have our tools in our bag and that's right and we're we're tightening, tightening party. We're, we're tightening the track uh, on the snow and so you know there's you, you a, a good dealer will uh, will will check that before mm-hmm. it goes out out the door and just be prepared for that. I mean, it's just nice to have the tools. You know, we can well, talk about that in another tools, podcast, right? Yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But have the tools handy so that uh, when you're riding along on that first ride, you can uh, just stop and yeah. tighten her up. And, you know, your owner's manual talks about a factory spec, and it's not like I'm out there with a 10-pound weight, you know, at, yeah. at this exact spot holding down. And, you know, you, you do it long enough, you get a feel. Um, but, you know, a ratcheting track is is uh, is no bueno. No bueno. Um, and, you know, the... <laughs> This dives into a whole nother tangent, but you know, one thing uh, for those of you guys who ordered uh, the new 2.75 Polaris track, you know, they have six tooth drivers 
and they're geared down with the QD2. You know, all of these things are going to be are, are going to be cool. But one of the things with a six tooth driver is they're even more sensitive to having proper track tension. Um, and so, you know, a little bit looser track and a little bit grippier snow, you're going to have uh, traction issues. So or slippage issues. Um, so, you know, keep keep that in mind. Uh, stay on top of that and, um, and you'll be good. And so, um, and you know, that brings us to suspension, which again, we've had, I think two podcasts fully on stock suspension. So, um, I'm just, I'm not going to go any further than saying, um, there's, 10 different ways you can go get there. We, we've looked back on some of our previous podcasts. We talked about stock suspension and, and then we also have one on, on Fox suspension. So tune into those. We, there's a lot of good information on that. Um, but just as a general rule, um, literally I can jump on a stock sled without changing any clickers, without adjusting any preload, you know, for my weight, I'm 160 pounds and I feel fine you know I it's not like I say you know I man if I just had a couple more clicks of adjustment I mean they're like I can go I can go ride it and and be fine is there some are there gains to be had yes check back on those two other podcasts very beneficial information on the fox stuff and very beneficial on the stock setup on kind of how we like that okay so now let's move to giving giving me your credit card is that can, am I not supposed to say it like that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So okay, so these I try are, to avoid that with you. <laughs> so <laughs> it, well, and we joke about this, but you know, uh, Kyle knows this firsthand. He it's very it. expensive being my friend. First year. <laughs> I mean, what? I think about you know this this will be year four for Kyle, and you know I think about his sled setup the first year, and now I think about you know so yeah. Kyle was out here just two days ago, right? And yeah. So Kyle, what are you gonna build this year? He's like, well, well. <laughs> I don't know, probably just an exact replica of what I built last year: yeah. carbon skid, <laughs> nine hundred tie bolts, Fox, blah blah stock. blah. Stock. Yeah. Oh, stock. Yeah. It's stock. Yeah. But you know. Compare that to his first year. I don't know how that sled even made it through the Jake year. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that he you you're only supposed to be able to claim insurance once, once? a year. I Lost think he's like four. Okay. Anyway, so let's. Okay. So and when we uh, now, these are the things. So we I just got done telling you. So like you don't need to put money into your into your sled to go have they fun. Rip. Yeah. Let's just face it. I mean, you, can, you uh, should adjust them right. They're Good right. Yeah. yeah. They're, Just they're get awesome. them set up for your riding. So this is where and this is why I love our sport and our industry and the aftermarket is because, you know, really and this is this is this is it to a T. Um the manufacturers do as good of a job as they can with the restrictions and handcuffs that they have, right? Whether it be from an emission standpoint, from a safety standpoint, I mean, all, all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, so all of these things, like, you know, it's, it gets pretty old when I keep getting the comments like, well, there's nothing left on that Polaris that you, (laughs) you, I mean, you, you put everything aftermarket on there. They must not be very good. It's like, well, um, no, that's that's not the case at all. I ride a stock sled actually yeah. a lot, and actually yeah. most of the time I'm most riding time a stock, stock. sled. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy trying to make things better, and well, that's and fun. It, it pushes it. It pushes pushes the manufacturer, the manufacturers, yeah. all manufacturers. Let's be honest. Well, to the next level, it pushes the the manufacturers. It pushes the industry, and in the end, it creates better product for us consumers. So. For Quit sure. giving me shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Continue it, but uh, okay. So so let's again. So we've had bars and and throttle and brake adjustment. We've had some suspension talk, some ski stance stock and front end and clutching. Yep. So the again, keys to your stock stock sled. stock sled. And now these are these are some of the essentials that just make my day more comfortable. Happy. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, so again, no particular order, but I'm going to start with, uh, so DuraPro. DuraPro is a company relatively new. Mm-hmm. Uh, into, third into, season? Second uh, season? Yeah, third, I think. Third, yep. Yeah. So uh, relatively new to the industry, but just like a lot of the, the um, components in, in our industry, they saw 
a need for an improvement mm-hmm. on a on a stock product, yeah. and and so something uh, that's probably mostly overlooked by everyone. Yeah, until it fails. Until it fails, right? Yeah. And so the they they produce a um, an aftermarket ski rubber, um, and so a lot of you guys might you grab that. Oh yeah, it's right there. Yeah. So uh, and then for you guys who are listening on yeah. you know Spotify and iTunes, you're not going to be able to see what we're yeah. actually doing here. But for those of you guys who check us out on YouTube. We're uh, holding a box that says Durapro on it. That's all we're really doing. <laughs> um, but so with with the ski rubber, you know, basically uh, the stock rubber is um, is is a little thinner, and it's a uh, and I guess the compound of it. Um, in in those events, like when you stuff a ski down into a, into a creek, or you know, you 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 maybe hit something down in the tree. snow, <laughs> right? Uh, you ride up a tree and it shoves that ski up forward. Well, there, if you think about how much dang force is on that, um, you know, we're asking a lot out of yeah. this little piece of rubber that's underneath a metal spindle and a plastic ski that's you know three feet long that has lots of leverage. Yeah. Okay, so again, we're asking a lot out of this product. So what DuraPro has done is um, they've they have some pretty cool technology on the dur- on the durometer of uh, so durometer like the the type of rubber that it is, and then more importantly how it fits in the saddle of the ski and how it rides between the ski and the spindle. So from a durability standpoint, for those of you who have uh, wrecked the stock ski rubber and you're trying to ride that day, but your ski tip is bending mm-hmm. down and, and it makes it a pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, you know, before the DuraPro product, we literally would carry two ski rubbers in our toolkit. Yep, and, right. you know, many times throughout the season, we would be on the side of the trail replacing one because it sucks to ride with, yeah. with a failed one. And so, um, and they, they have a, a, a pretty wicked warranty on the, on the DuraPro side of things. Um, you can still fail them. Uh, they're not impervious to, um, but I mean, y- it takes a lot more effort, yeah, for right? Sure. Um, so we see a lot less failures. Yep. And you know, we, to, it's one of the things like literally like every single every build, every build that comes in here, every, every sled that every one of our client sled or our sled, it's like, I mean, they're 80 bucks and you know, it's just one of those things that from, um, from it doesn't a, break the it, budget. It, it doesn't break the budget it and it doesn't ruin your day, yeah. Yeah. you know, Saves and the hassle. yeah. And you know, I, I love the, you know, one of the taglines that, that we associate with, with climb, um, that can really go with any of this stuff we're talking about is no bad days. Um, you know, you spend so much time, money and effort, um, to, to go snowmobiling you that, and then you get, you know, eight hours to go ride. So those eight hours better be awesome. And so, you know, this is a very cheap, um, easy way to ensure that you have a good day. Sure. And and a lot about, a lot about what we're talking about is just that, right? That's, that's all we're talking about here. And so for me, like, I, not to your level, obviously, on the on the tweaking on sleds. I enjoy that. But when I'm riding, I don't want to wrench on sleds. Yeah. At all. Sure. To ride. I want to ride. And I want to talk to people and I want to teach, right? So everything we can do to maximize that is what it's all about. Yeah. Well, and and so that that covers that covers that. I yeah. mean, it's just it's it's a product that's that's it does exactly what it was marketed to do. It's um stronger than stock uh it's will help you or prevent help prevent um having a failure in the field and you know keeping your day solid so that's right. so that's that um and then so they they also have another product uh that they just released this year um and so let's talk about the the tether, the tether side of yeah. things and so um and I, I'm with everybody on this. I mean, our our sleds, our plush sleds, should have a tether from the factory. They should. Yeah. I mean, we all. And so this is the first thing. I this isn't on. isn't something that we should have to buy. However, um, to this, to, I mean, to the exact same point that we're talking about here, um, you know, the stock Polaris tether um, that you can buy from your dealer mm-hmm. as an aftermarket. Um, it's it's functional. It like it works. if you pull it. 
the sled shuts off and but you know there's there's different options in different grades and so the 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 three tethers that we ran last year we did run the players factory tether on quite a few of our fleet sleds we also ran uh the duke Duke. tether which essentially is the arctic cat what they call a magnetic tether um that so it was the arctic cat that basically had a polaris plug and play pigtail on it Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and they had a, a metal, a metal bracket, bracket. Yep. That was, was nice that fit underneath the, the steering block. And so it was mounted nice and centrally located right, right in the center, mm-hmm. um, uh, of the sled, easy to get on and off, um, yep. as far as the tether. And then, um, Durapro's new tether this year, um, when you, when you use the word magnetic, this is kind of like the, the, the exact is definition the it is magnet. a magnet um and so you guys might if you haven't seen um it's probably been 10 posts ago or something i i posted a, a video of of the the tether actually in action which is pretty cool um for you guys watching in youtube we'll we'll insert a clip of of that work in there um and so in in the end we we all need to have a tether on our sled, and it's it, a must have. It, it doesn't. I I don't care which one you get. Um, I've had um, I've had many moments where a tether saved me, and I've had many moments where, um, prior to really being a a guy who should <laughs> wear a tether all the time, <laughs> where I should have said, where I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't have a tether on. This could have been really, really bad, and I got lucky. You got lucky. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's so that's that. We we all need a tether. We have a few different varieties and styles, um, but in the end, just get a tether. And, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, and, and actually I did hear, uh, so I have seen, and I actually got to test a little bit, Polaris has been working on a tether. I think it will be available um, through the Polaris accessory site this year. And um, it's it's similar to the Articat one. Cool. Yeah, a little bit smaller, which I like that. The Articat or it's slash big. Duke style was kind of big. Um, the Polaris one was a little smaller. Mm-hmm. So um, one, one tip on that Polaris stock Polaris tether, as I recall, if you don't, if you do not use one of the washers, mm-hmm. that gives it more. Um, connection i guess you might want to sure. say sure it so pushes the plunger harder exactly mm-hmm. and so i've seen it where if you do install all the washers as they suggest sometimes it doesn't work it, it, yep or you could have problems it may work in in it the works, shop but then on the snow with some little bit of ice build up or yeah. snow and that's why you've seen some people put a little screw into the rubber mm-hmm. um to push, uh, on, to the push on the plunger a yeah. little bit so yep. just another little tip there yep um and then just one real quick i get this question a lot too is where you know do you clip the tether to your coat do you wear it around your wrist how where do you do and I used to wear it around my wrist a bunch and then last year I almost lost my hand uh (laughs) doing that so I'm not doing that anymore Um, and what's really nice on the DuraPro side of things with how strong their magnet is it's really easy to put it on and off and really the re- the uh, the reason I was wearing it around my wrist is because we get off and on and off the sled a lot helping people get unstuck or teaching or whatever and so it was just more of a convenience thing for me but now with it being so easy to get the tether on and off I will be attaching it to my coat um mm-hmm. yeah, last year I I still have nightmares, nightmares of, of that. Uh, I got the tether wrapped around the bar and so uh, the so handlebar, so the it didn't pull it from the plunger and it tried to pull my hand off <laughs> is what it ended up doing. I ended up actually breaking the tether cord uh, with my wrist. Yeah, wow. that that sucked. So don't do that. As far as tether goes, just really quick on that. Um, tell everyone about location for mounting on the stock Polaris as well as the magnetic uh, DuraPro. Yeah. We're putting that on the left. We're putting that on the left console. So basically, um, as you're standing on the sled, it'll be, um, fairly high and we'll show you a picture. Um, my little pony has it mounted right there on the console. So high up on the left, uh, hand side, as you're sitting on the snowmobile, um, again, the Duke has the, the, 
the bar, bracket, the bar, bar bracket. Yep. Uh, the Polaris location is uh, where the DuraPro one is on that on that left cool. side. We get that and, question often. Yep, and all of these are plug and play. Okay, so let's move on. Um, so the next one, and again, guys, we're all talking about us, the essentials for us that make our day on the hill awesome. Um, so the next one for me is uh, a skins heated adjustable brake lever. Um, we, so there's some, they're like, so we sell a TKI one, which is uh, non-heated aluminum, but closer to the handlebar for guys who struggle with um, being able to, to reach. We also sell the skins non-heated adjustable brake lever and then um, the skins heated lever. I'd say we've what? 90% heated? Yeah, it's 90% and the other 10% who don't buy the heated one, I... I just ask why, um, because uh, I was know, guilty a couple years back. You were, <laughs> I, I know. Was. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, because it was all that was available. Oh, okay. Well, and I got to have the adjustment. Yeah. So that's what it's about. So that's nice. the, yeah. what, and what we're talking about on the adjustable lever is, so the stock brake lever, um, it's a little ways out there. It is. Um, and so for people to have a comfortable feel on the handlebar, um, some people can't get used to having that finger on the brake mm -hmm. at all times, uh, yeah. which um, for those of you who have been here to BBA, you've all been flipped off at least once or 10 times. Mm -hmm. um, and I flip you off because I use my middle finger on the brake lever. But most people um, use their pointer finger, yeah. um, which is, you know, Kyle's one of them. Um, and it's why he'll never get to my level as a rider <laughs> because he's a pointer finger guy. All right. Changes myself. Jo joking <laughs> aside. So that's where the, so obviously me as a middle finger guy, um, my, the distance of the brake lever to the handlebar is I'm going to be farther away than like what pointer finger or middle finger, middle bubba? finger, middle finger. Oh, you got some potential then, bud. It's uh, funny. I, I do both. You do both. I Interesting. Do. I'll kind of switch. It kind of depends, like it depends on also the terrain or just like giving one finger a break. Uh huh. Sure. Honestly, because um, that's how much we use it. Yeah. So yeah. so let's talk. Okay. So let's go back to that point. Yeah. So as a middle finger guy, you know your middle finger is longer, and that's probably why I ended up mm -hmm. starting using my middle finger. To be honest, because at first to be, I think it's a little more awkward. It can be. And so and you have mentally speaking, it's a oh, comfort, comfort. But sometimes you got to yeah break from that and so i'll i'll do that i find like when you ride my sled <laughs> and you adjust it and then oh, then i'm using my middle finger so that adjustment is just it's just prime and it makes it allows me to adapt yep. yeah so so again so my lever i'll have it adjusted out farther because i'm a middle finger guy because my middle finger is longer mm -hmm. than the pointer finger and then you know like a Kyle, for example, yeah. he'll have his, not only will he have the distance between the brake lever and the handlebar closer, but he'll also, because of the design of the lever, how it has um, essentially a V in, a it, v in it, yeah, um, he'll have the, the whole brake assembly either moved in or out on the handlebar to, to have his finger in that that sweet that's spot. That's a great yeah. point. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's in and out adjustability, but also back to like we talked about with the bars yeah. and the throttle and the brake adjustment. People maybe don't realize the ability to slide that lever in and in in out left to right. Yeah, left to right. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and so that so that kind of covers that kind of covers, you know, why we like the adjustability. And and I'm gonna come back to the heat side of things is so, you know, I literally ride with my finger on the brake one hundred not not like not 90 100% of the time no matter if i get on the sled in the shop here and i drive it to the trailer i can't start the snowmobile like i can't start rolling without having my finger on the brake it's just mm -hmm. it's just automatic in my head and so that's how i ride in the mountains because um and we've i've i keep using this this analogy but i've beaten this to a pulp as well. <laughs> like you cannot be an aggressive rider. Um, and I see all of these GoPro videos of some, some pretty good riders mm -hmm. riding with no finger on the brake. And, and we tease everyone. We tease our counterparts. Oh, that's a sick pick dude. But 
Yeah. Where's your finger on the brain? Andy Thomas, you know, I'm, we're not talking about you at all. <laughs> and it's funny. I, I, you know, I catch him one time yeah. and I call him out and he's like, you know, now he, every, every week he says, uh, you know, yeah. sends me like, Hey, hey, let's check out this l- picture. Check out my video. I'm riding with a finger break. I always do. I'm like, well, you didn't that one day. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah. Um, and, and again, it's hilarious when, you know, it's one of the first things we look for when we're out doing our rides is, you know, we're eyes up, finger on the eyes break. up, finger on the brake. And uh, what's hilarious to me is like, y- you know, you'll be flipping off the dude, you know, that's our reminder to, Hey, get your finger on the brake. And you know, they'll be like, Oh dang it. Oh. I, I thought I rode it all the yeah. time. It's like, you don't, you don't at, at all, all. actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, so coming back full circle, the reason, uh, we, came out with a heated brake lever is because yeah, that one single finger hanging out gets there cold. gets cold. And so, you know, it, and that's my whole, my principle on, you know, like, okay, so I like the fact that you saw a value to, you know, maybe do the adjustable one or like the TKI one, um, to, to get more control, mm-hmm. uh, with it being closer to the bar. But you know, if you don't do a heated one, when your finger gets cold, which it's going to, we ride in the winter. You're going to end up putting your hand You're, back on You the put bar. your hand back on the handlebar. You're right. And, and then, and so, you know, and then that, that forces your hand in making that a little bit of your habit. And I want the habit to be finger on the brake at all times. It's such a habit, like to your point, loading in and out of the shop, getting in and out of the trailer. I get on my mountain bike or street bike. My finger goes right on that brake. Yeah. yeah. Totally. It's crazy. And that's how it needs to be. Yep. Okay, so so uh, heated brake lever, they're plug and play. And for those of you guys who have uh, bought one and send us the email like, this thing burned my hand yeah. with no glove on. Is this my sled's gonna catch on fire? Uh, no. I will tell you, they are hot they without are hot. your glove on. But when you have your glove on, you'll be appreciative of how warm it gets. So, um, so just just know that's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't like when we go to Chile or Grizzly. Well, I'll have my own sled there, but. I, I travel with a brake lever. Yeah, yeah. It's that, it's that important to me. Yep, it's on every one of my sleds. That's for sure. All right. Um. Next. Next. Okay. So this is the one. Probably one of the most important ones. Um. And cooker. Ooh. See, these are these are all important. These are all important. So, guys, I'm just going to tell you, we're 42 minutes in right now. Um, This podcast is going to run a little longer. Um, Some of you guys like that. Some of you guys don't like that. But that's just what it is. Okay. It's essential. It's essential. (laughs) Essential. And we're not social distancing, by the way. (laughs) No, but we're essential. But we are essential. We are essential. That's that's true. Okay, we're fine. All right. So, uh, Ryan, let's just. Dive into what you said. So I, I was like, okay, so this is one of the most important. And where were you going I, I w- with that? Though? I was gonna say storage. Yeah, but that's not, that's. But let's the go. First thing I wrote in my text to you last night. But yeah. let's go Cookerville. Uh, let's go Cookers. So, um, th- there literally is nothing better than a warm meal on a cold day up on the hill. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better. And I usually don't get one, but tell me more about it. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I so here's what happens. It's a it's a very internal joke. Yeah. But I thought, <laughs> boy, you you guys all ganged up on me. Yeah, that was good. There. That was perfect. So <laughs> Ryan Ryan had a pretty funny meme on his on his Instagram page the other day. It was a a picture of uh, of Kermit the Frog doing the full like, you know, left yeah. to right look with yeah. his head like. Guys, guys, yeah. and and Ryan's meme was uh, me trying to find Chris <laughs> two minutes after two stopping. minutes after stopping for lunch yeah. because you know I've been there for twenty minutes. Ryan and I'm Kyle and Andrew people. have been out just wrangling the crew to get to lunch, and I've already I've already consumed my lunch, and I'm like, well, we should probably get going probably again. Ride. <laughs> and Ryan's just pulling in like, oh, phew, lunch, and I'm like, all right, you guys ready? <laughs> I'm out. What'd you say? I'm going to start eating with my helmet on? Yeah, I do. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I eat with my helmet on. All right. I would say I'm going to work on that this year, but, but you're not. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you got to admit, I've gotten a little better. We even have fires. We have fires. We even that's, have fires every now and then. That's the saver. I'm starting to really slow down and enjoy the beauties of life. 42. 42. Getting old. Yep. Not. Um, okay. So, cookers. Okay, guys. So, with a cooker, 
um, you know, again, having a hot meal, um, and even, you know, having, having a couple in there just in case, like, mm-hmm. you know, it ends up being a later, a later sure. night. Right. Um, with that comes, um, and again, this is totally not a part of like, you have to have a silencer. Um, but it's pretty nice that the, that the aftermarket market guys have it's seen catered to that. Uh, they're catering a hundred percent to, you know, a lot of the mounts uh, or a lot of the, the silencers now come factory with, uh, with the cooker mount on there. Ready so, so that's really nice. And so, you know, um, again, I've kind of gone through this a bunch, but, um, the 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 silencers that that we run here at BBA um a lot of the reason is because of the cooker mount um but then the other is um weight weight uh, the performance, performance and most important the sound yeah okay so it's not it's not just weight or it's not just it's it's it's, it's all of it sound. it's yep it's it's more like every it's one more of our sound fleet. for me actually it's more sound and having the cooker True, but and then for me, like I think of it, weight and you're heavy on the cooker, but they they're rippier. Yeah, it it really is. Like if we have a sled or a client sled, because all of our sleds have a can mm-hmm. at least, right? Mm-hmm. If I jump on a client sled that without and and you know they rip from the factory, you put that SLP or Diamond S can on there, it just gives that little bit of. Mm-hmm. Go. Yep. Yep. So, so we'll, we'll, we can dive into this and we will on the performance side mm-hmm. of like the top 10 list or whatever. But, but that's why it made my list. I mean, yeah. But, but the ones, you know, the ones that we like, uh, you know, the SLP standard can, the Diamond yep. S, uh, tie can, um, you know, the Skins Hush Box is, a, is another really good one. Um, I'm curious to see Boondocker if you guys have seen. Uh, Boondocker came out with uh, a silencer this year. We'll uh, we'll be getting some of those on the snow to see how those work. So, um, yeah, we'll be diving in. We'll, we'll dive into that more on the performance side of things um, in a in another podcast. So, hey, so cooker, yeah, cooker. Um, trail so chef. We run the trail chef. Yeah, they yeah. work great. Yeah, um, it's they're stainless. They stay on. They're um, durable. They're durable and they just work. They just work good. Yeah. So that that's and you know. You so, can grab those on the Brant store. Yeah, and you know it. All of these. All, everything we're talking about here, obviously, we we sell what we run. Uh, we promote what we believe in. Um, and you know, you guys have heard me say this a lot too. Is you know, I'm not in business to just sell you a bunch of crap just to sell you stuff. Um, you know, literally, like all the things we're talking about here, these are things that will just make your experience on the snow better. And so, That's um, right. yeah, we truly believe in that. So, okay, cookers. Now, um, let's roll right into storage. And this is, man, another one of those for me where I don't go anywhere in the world without these things. Yeah. So, you know, Ryan, you've got, you've got, you obviously come to Colorado here. Um, you live in Washington, so you travel to go snowmobiling a lot. lot. The only time I don't really is to to grizzly. grizzly. Yeah. Where you have your own equipment. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, grizzly here and then, um, chili, chili, right. And so, the the two things that you bring with you everywhere is you know your your large my large tunnel large bag tunnel Can't bag without that and, and then the bar bags and the bar bag yep. and so um and I've been running the sled solutions bags and, and now so, and yeah, now we, we have uh, the skins yeah and we and and so this this is what's cool too and and you know this is what I love about the partners that we have is mm-hmm. is being able to give the consumer options so you know a lot of guys look at the sled solution handlebar bag and and you know we we love it because uh, it's easy to get on and off. Yeah, that it, quick release is yeah, just and slick. so we can take it from either sled <laughs> to sled, and or like at Grizzly, for example, you're parking sleds outside, so you take the bags off for and sure. bring them inside with all of your stuff. And there's times when we'll switch sleds. Very like, true. And, w- and and I know you're the same way. I don't like to be on my sled riding without. and guiding without my stuff. Yeah. Even though we probably have the same stuff, there's just that particular, right? So we'll grab our bar bags and swap. Yep. Here, take that sled back or for me or take this group back. Okay, let me grab my bar bags and tunnel bag. Yep. And um and, and super we quick. and you know, as as a guide, I guess I would say that we carry more than most. However, but then again, most should be carrying <laughs> exactly. This. Yep, and, and we so, can have a whole podcast on this. Sure. So you know, it it comes down to um, 
prepare for the worst hoping for the best That's right. right and so so on the on the handlebar s- side of things you know we run the sled solutions ones um the new skin one that we'll have that we'll uh, have available this year little smaller little faster um for the on and off and a little lighter is kind of where we're going with that um for you guys on the on the Polaris bag side of things, you know, they're nice. They're easy to get on and off. They don't hold as much, but for the guys who, um, you know, just like, you know, throw their candy bar and their Mm -hmm. saw in the handlebar bag, that's good. Um, you know, we, we carry, we carry just a little bit more, uh, of, I got my goggles. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll throw in, I, I, I have a lot of, yeah, we do. (laughs) I have a lot of redundancy. Yep. Um, and so, so, Hi Ashley. Ashley wants to come to work. Ashley but wants we're to work. Podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, so so we're we're getting close here. Um, yeah. The so that's the Sled Solutions Deluxe Bar Bags with the quick release. Yep. And then the new coming soon Skins Pac Man. Yep. As they call it. Yep. Cool. And so that'll be basically a push on and uh, pull off okay. type bag onto the Player Stock Bar, and then the Player's Handlebar Bag basically uh, slides in between the mount bar and the bar, that's and right. then Velcro's back together. And yep. so, so you got your price points and your storage it, quantities. Or it, exactly. Volumes. So, so a bunch of options there. Yeah. Um, and then you know, on the on the tunnel bag side of things, you know, I I run the large tunnel bag um, because again, you know, this is where. I carry all my stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I hate there. carrying a big, heavy backpack. And okay. so, you know, in my, in my Abbey bag, I carry my probe, my shovel. Um, I carry a fire starter and I carry my extra layer in case I get separated from that's my exactly small. Exactly what I do. So that's, that is all I really want to carry. I, I hope I don't get separated from mm-hmm. my sled, but, um, because I have, you know, all my spare gloves, my tow rope, my saw, my your bivy, your all of it, all that, the first aid kit, you know, um, so all of siphon. the siphon, right? And you know, we've done a podcast with all that, but we'll do another one because um, that changes too. We'll do one, you know, what all do you guys carry, and that'll be a fun YouTube one because you guys can actually get on there and see. Um, so that and. And so from the, from the storage side standpoint, you know, Polaris, I, man, I've had, we've had such good luck with the, with the brand bag, um, both yeah. in this, you know, a lot of our clients, they just use the small one cause they're flying in, mm-hmm. they've got their spare gloves and their little bit of stuff, but they're heavily relying on us yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, but, true. but to, but to your point, Ryan, like if I was going to go somewhere traveling to go snowmobile, I would be bringing my own bag with all my stuff. Exactly. Just like I do. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so from a storage standpoint, you know, we run the Polaris tunnel bag, both in the, uh, either the small, for, like on our fleet sleds or the large for us personally, so we can carry the, uh, everything. And then, you know, there is a, also a, a di- another one where you can carry a shovel. shovel. Um, and, uh, you know, we all know the rule. You're supposed to have your shovel in your pack, but we have a lot of clients now who are carrying a shovel on their sled and a shovel in their pack, which is, can be, can be smart because, um, you know, in, uh, in an avalanche situation, especially when there's a chance for a secondary slide, you don't want to take your pack off Mm -hmm. to get to your shovel. And then in a, you know, if someone is buried, then you're scrambling and you don't have your bag on. Um, it's, it can be really quick. If you have your sled there, you leave your pack on with your shovel and you're grabbing your shovel off of your sled. Um, but it would make sense to have a probe on there too. Right. Yeah. So the redundancy once again, yeah it's big yeah can can be most prepared yeah and and i think that's one of the biggest things that you know we've all gotten better with and it'll be interesting you know bubba you have you have an interest interesting um dynamic here because you know you're carrying camera equipment yeah i'll have the camera drone and the pelican and all that stuff and so it's hard for you like you still need all the essential stuff but you've got yeah, I'm gonna have to. I have to be smart with the packing. You, you know? do, yeah. Like, like, what do I actually need? Yep. Yeah, and that's and hard too. Like, if someone said, "Okay, well, if you could only have a few things, what would you take, or what would you leave?" I'm like, mm, mm. I don't know. Kind of yeah. need all of it. It's tough. And so trial and error. That's I'd, what's tough. With, yeah, I'd carry more weight on my back versus which I don't enjoy, but versus being not prepared. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I've always done is you know, because I've carried a camera 
for the last what Ever. however many years. Yeah. Yeah. And I just throw it on my back so that I can have what I need elsewhere, mm-hmm. whether I'm traveling or anything. So, got to have it. The essentials. So, all right, guys, we're gonna get close to wrapping this up. I got I got two more items, and I'll just kind of combine them together. And yeah. um, it's interesting how this is has come about. Um, and it's really, and it's not about me as we talk about me turning forty two tomorrow. It's not about <laughs> me getting older. It's about <laughs> me just not having to sacrifice comfort, comfort. for just. I, I just don't want to anymore. Yeah. I want to be comfortable and I want to have a great day. And, you know, one of those things that make that for me is being warm. That's right. I hate being cold. And, but so, you know, that's one of the things that's been a pretty awesome transition to climb over the last few years is, holy warm cow, I thought, dry. I thought I was dry before, but I wasn't. Maybe and I, and, and so, and I don't have to wear, a bunch of crap to stay warm. Mm-hmm. I can I can be smart with my layering, um, but one of my biggest things is I'm a very aggressive rider, and I hate with a passion riding with big gloves. Yeah. And so one of so t- so you know that's where obviously heated brake lever comes in, and then the next one I'm going to talk about is the ga- is the gauntlet, gauntlet. side of things. Yep. So um, you know flavors now. Yeah, and and this is this has been cool. So. Um, you guys have, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, you've heard the story of how the gauntlet came to be for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost lost my hands in Quebec. Um, I went uh, uh, over yeah. there riding, and I'll, I'm going to tell the story in the very, very condensed version. Literally, it was minus 30 Celsius, which is, which the, is same the same as Fahrenheit. <laughs> I know. At that point. It was effing cold. Okay. It was freaking cold. And I had like climbs, freaking crab claw, like the biggest (laughs) biggest glove that they own. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're coming back on the trail because, and so, you know, I almost lost my nose (laughs) and my hands on the way in. That's what happened. But then once we got there, you know, you, then you're riding in the trees and you get hot and then, so you lose some layers and then you have to put, you know, all that junk back on to get back. And it was a long trail ride out. And I'm, I'm like, I'm riding and I'm going and I literally had to pull over. Like my hands were so freaking cold under the exhaust, under the exhaust, you know, like trying to do the whole deal. Mm -hmm. And this, this dude pulls up and he's like, and he's got these floppy freaking just just they called them gauntlets, but they were like essentially just covers over the handlebar. Yeah. And he's like, you know, got his hands in there and he stops. He's like, you want to ride my sled? Or, yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I only need four uh, fingers. Yeah. You know, I'm and he's like, are you sure? Because my hands are really warm. And he pulls his hands out and he's wearing like moto gloves. Yeah. And he pulls it, and they're boiling. (laughs) It's steaming. And I'm just, I look over. I'm like, I double take. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, you go and ride my sled here, bud. And I literally, you couldn't even run the hand warmers on high with a small glove. And I'm like, okay, yep, we're going down this road. And so here we are today. So there came uh, generation one of the gauntlets. And so inspired by Quebec. Yep. Our first generation of the gauntlet is, is it's a, it's a big piece. It's big. Um, and you guys, it is warm. Um, and again, I am all about, uh, function, uh, function before fashion. Um, and so again, what made the gauntlet bigger in size was I didn't want it to inhibit my riding. So that's what, that's why it ended up being big and I got a lot of coverage. And so still today on the big, like mega cold day, or I know I have a long trail ride into where we're going or the snowy day, the, the bigger gauntlet that, so the, the standard grizzly is going to get the call. Mm-hmm. But we listened to a bunch of your guys' comments, my guides, um, yeah. and, and so we came out with, with a second version called the Grizzly Cub. And so the Grizzly Cub, obviously with the name, uh, it's, it's smaller. smaller. Yeah, it's smaller in size. And so what's really cool is, so the Cub is literally a one that you can leave on every day mm-hmm. of the season. Every day, and it, it feels more uh, like a hand, hand guard. guard protective to me. Yep, which is really cool. Which is awesome, and so yeah. essentially, basically, it's the same mold of the grizzly guard, but without um, the you know the 
bigger area to cover when it's when it's super cold. For so sure. I still think again the grizzly has its day, uh, the Quebec day, right? Yeah. But and but this the cub is going to work very well for all conditions and it's something that literally you're going to keep on all year and it's going to help uh for from a protection standpoint and a warmth standpoint and then for those that travel a lot to ride it's easy to pack it is yeah yeah they're smaller yeah Yeah, so so check those out um again you guys on youtube you're seeing the 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 shots of this on the sled um and what's what's tough is all the pictures that we try to take it it still looks big but it's really small so it is it's Very compact. Very compact. The first so, thing I, I commented on when I walked in the shop the other day, I'm like, wow, check these out. Those are this cool. This is yeah. definitely yeah. a must. So we'll do some comparison photos with that so, uh, so you guys will be able to see. All right, and then um, we're an hour in, so here's the last one. Um, and I kind of saved this for last because this is something that um, has been, to be honest, it's been a very hot topic over the last couple of years, especially the more places we ride, um, you know, Canada, Chile, and even here in Colorado, um, yeah, is, is, uh, is, is the throttle block. Mm -hmm. And so in certain conditions, um, if you don't manage the snow and ice buildup on a stock Polaris throttle block, you can run into some, some icing issues of Mm -hmm. the cable, Cable. uh, and the cable can stick. Um, and so, and again, I, I, I posted something about the block and, you know, I had several comments like, wow, this is interesting. I've never had this happen. A lot of people will, I mean, will never see the issue mm-hmm. and never have it happen. But there are certain places and times that, that it can happen. And most of the time it's due because, you know, it's a deep day and, you know, maybe moisture, moisture and maybe, the and maybe, yeah, the Northwest, we see it a lot. Yeah. Chile, Chile and BC, mm-hmm. both are places where we, you got to be more mindful of yeah. it. And so you got to watch it. So the skin's throttle block, um, essentially eliminates, um, the snow being able to build okay. up and and so you know just think about every right. time that throttle goes in and out with mm-hmm. that snow sitting there it's taking snow water down the cable yeah okay and so um and the so skins has been doing this throttle block or iterations of it for quite a few years now trying to solve this and i will say uh, uh, I didn't have good luck with the early ones um, from the throttle position sensor standpoint. I, I had some issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they kept improving, going down the road of how to, like, we need to make this, you know, and then there's some other throttle blocks that eliminate the throttle position sensor. And I was like, no, no, Thanks. you don't want to do that. I mean, I've had too many times where a stick gets stuck in there. Um, it's the throttle safety switch, right? Yeah. Thro- yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Correct. Yeah. Throttle safety switch, yeah. not throttle position switch. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The throttle safety switch. You want to run that. That <laughs> you, you need. <laughs> you need to keep for a reason. You. And so the the skins block now. Um, again, I ran it all last year on Princess Leia, and there were days where stock sleds um, would have an issue, mm-hmm. and mine were not. Good. Um, and so I've been. I was really happy with. I I didn't have any issues last year, and was very happy with it. And um, it's something that. You know, a lot of people. Um, this will give them peace of mind for sure. It's it's that that peace of mind, but in in that respect of of the icing issue, but also the the durability is increased. Right? Yeah. So you know, the th- stock throttle block is plastic, and you know, one of those aggressives like getting slammed into the creek or <laughs> never been there slap landing. You know, you can actually split that stock throttle or just block. Just smashing against it. The smaller trees, even, yep. right? Yep. You can wet, you can wedge that thing and split mm-hmm. that, and split then it. you got to take it apart in the field, put it back together, and then you're good. So that this also eliminates that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Zollinger uh, billet pieces will help with that True. as well. Um, you know, you'll still get the snow buildup uh, like a stock one would. So you know, this is we kind of got good, better, best. You know, good For is sure. stock, better uh, would be the Zollinger uh, with the billet pieces to eliminate the splitting, and then best is the skin straw block that helps eliminate snow buildup and uh, eliminates the splitting as well. That's good. That's true. And just a, just a, a quickie on that whole setup. We see oftentimes people modifying their kill switches or putting different kill switches on. on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big thing. We want to be able to 
hit that kill switch in those in those there, there's crazy, crazy situations yep. like you had your tether wrapped around a bar yeah to your wrist not releasing right mm -hmm. what are you going to do if that yep if you can grab that and hit that throttle kill switch that's important yeah we can't lose I, sight of that i see that often of guys moving their kill switch away from it and and here's what sucks so what happens if the sled's upside down that's right yeah yep. it needs to be able to and I've got I've got We've tree kill switch. <laughs> we kill switch ourselves times, all the time. But, but and and those suck. But at the same time, I would still not want it to not be there in that situation that, where I absolutely need it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. just one last point there on that. So. Well, awesome. Um, for uh, very typical of me, very long winded. Um, and I didn't even really let you guys talk at all. So that's uh, hey, we nailed it. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for joining, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having Great me. Great to have you, Bubba. What's next? One of many. Um, dude, we have we have a huge list, a which list. is really cool. And then I posted one, um, uh, just a post this morning that podcasts are back, and so I already saw a bunch of comments of guys uh, wanting to hear about uh, specific things. So this is what's awesome. We love talking about it. Um, we love uh, your feedback and input. And then, you know, as always – Feel free to leave, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, YouTube. leave us uh, comments, questions, reactions. We'll, we'll do our best to help. Uh, we're really reachable. Um, yeah. uh, you know, jump jump on our website, hit the contact Chris button that sends a, an email to myself and Ryan, uh, and and we can get you get you lined out. Message um, us on social media. You know how to get us there. Yep. And so, Bubba, um, how can people find this podcast? It's going to be everywhere. Everywhere. Every platform, Every all the listening platforms. Okay, great. Well, then that's iTunes, Spotify. That that's your job. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'll just sit here and talk, and uh, I'll let you do all the magic. So, uh, okay, we're back. Um, and w our goal and plan is to have uh, a new podcast. Every Wednesday. Every week. Every, every week. Wednesday, I think, is what we're shooting for. So today's Tuesday. So guess what? You'll get to hear this uh, tomorrow. So... All right. Which is today for them. It is today. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> no. I, as I was saying that, I'm like, this is really confusing. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, love you guys, and uh, we'll uh, we'll chat with you soon. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Peace out.